Section 1. The Planning Process The Startup Phase Businesses go through phases. If you've studied business, you likely have learned about what is commonly referred to as the product life cycle that spells out the stages a product goes through as it enters and exits the market. Similar to the product life cycle, a business will also go through a cycle beginning with the startup phase. The startup phase includes everything leading up to the launch and is the point when they truly define themselves as a business. This is when they determine what they are doing, what they are going to sell, who their target customers will be, and how they plan to operate their business. It's an exciting time for a small business, but also a difficult and stressful time because the entrepreneur must utilize the best of his or her talents, resources, and abilities just to get the business off the ground. The startup phase is followed by the growth phase, the maturity phase, and depending on whether or not the business is able to continually reinvent itself, an eventual decline phase. During each phase of business, you as the entrepreneur will need to market your small business differently. If you've been in business for a while, whether you are in the growth or maturity phase, you have already gained experience in marketing your small business. Even if you don't fully realize it, you must have been doing some successful marketing for quite a while to get you to that point. You can't move out of the startup phase and into growth and maturity without implementing successful marketing. It just doesn't happen. But the focus of this book isn't toward those entrepreneurs who have been in business for several years and are looking to grow by improving their marketing. The marketing strategies for growth businesses and mature businesses are different than the marketing strategies of startup businesses. The focus of this book is geared toward those small businesses that are still in the startup phase and likely don't have a successful marketing history or are still putting together what might work to market their small business. We'll be focusing on the small business startup. There's not just one clear definition of exactly what a startup or small business is. Many entrepreneurs will self-select whether they want to be considered a startup or not. A common measurement in determining startup classification is any business that has been in business for less than two years. Many banks and small business lenders will use this same two-year measurement, while some organizations will consider a startup as the first year of small business. Regardless of the specific time frame, startups are typically defined by how long they have been in business. Whereas these can be acceptable guidelines, there is a much better way to measure the startup phase of small businesses. Because not all small businesses are the same, it is impossible to identify a certain period of time to use to classify every small business as a startup. Some small businesses are in the startup phase for only a few months, while others can remain in the startup phase for several years, and still others never move past the startup phase. That's because they never arrive at the point where they can stand on their own, meaning they have enough revenue and generate enough cash and profits to sustain the business without requiring outside sources of capital to keep the business going. That's the real definition of a startup. It's a business that cannot yet sustain itself. When a small business is able to operate without external funding in order to cover internal expenses on an ongoing basis, it's no longer a startup. The goal is to get to the point where the business can operate using internal sources of cash to cover its internal expenses without requiring external funding. Now, 
This isn't to say that if a small business uses a bank loan, line of credit, or other source of external funding in order to grow that it must be defined as a startup. It's not the loan or the line of credit that defines a business as a startup. It's when a business is not fully operating on its own that defines it as a startup. I make this distinction in business because startups should operate differently than small businesses in the growth stage. Far too few entrepreneurs realize this. By understanding what stage your business is in, you can understand how best to create a marketing strategy for that particular stage of business. Often startup businesses rely too heavily on outside investment to get them through the beginning phase. We'll discuss why this isn't the best option for startup small businesses, but for now, let's look at how outside investment affects a startup small business. It's important to clarify that there are multiple ways a startup can receive outside investment. Oftentimes, the business will be subsidized with an outside investment and not even realize it. One of the more common subsidies is done through owner equity in the form of labor. If any of the owners are working for free or at an amount well below industry or market standards, it's a subsidy and a form of outside investment. There is also the common home-based business model. Entrepreneurs who start as a home-based business with the intent to eventually grow into a storefront or other commercial location are subsidizing their rent expense through their home. There's nothing wrong with either of these approaches, so long as the entrepreneur is aware that this is a subsidy for their business, and a subsidy of this nature is a form of investment. If the small business can't exist without this subsidy, by my definition, it's a startup and needs to play by the startup marketing rules. Also, Small businesses that haven't launched yet should be considered startups because they meet the definition of not being able to stand on their own. They are nothing more than a concept that has yet to be proven. This brings up the important point that startups that haven't launched yet and startups that have launched but can't stand on their own are both in the same phase of the business cycle. Oftentimes, people will make a distinction if the startup has acquired a business license, but a business license is nothing more than a local government regulation and actually has no strategic impact on the success of the business, other than it keeps the business from getting fined or shut down. Sometimes people will look at whether a business has generated sales to determine if it is launched. Whereas this can be important in terms of the feasibility of the product or service and testing demand in the marketplace, it really doesn't determine whether a business still functions in the startup phase. Yes, it is sales or the ability of the business to generate sales that moves it from the startup phase to the growth phase, but if the sales don't generate enough profits and cash to be self-sustaining, it is still a startup. Have you ever seen a small business that was able to generate high amounts of sales very early on? At this point, the business will often start expanding to support the sales growth. But unfortunately, that rapid expansion is usually followed by a rapid decline that puts them out of business. If there are insufficient profits and cash to support the business, they are still a startup no matter how high the sales get. They should still follow the principles of a startup, which in this case would be not to grow faster than your systems that support the growth. Regardless of how high sales are, the principles for startup marketing still apply. Techniques will change, but the principles don't change until a business moves out of the startup phase. Startup marketing principles are the same regardless of the size of the business. In terms of startup marketing, there is no difference between the small business that is only an idea in your head and the small business that has been around for several years that still doesn't generate enough sales to stand on its own. 
The principles remain the same, and these are the principles we will discuss in detail. Startups follow the same marketing rules, and the focus of this book will be to share with you how to market your startup successfully. The Startup Planning Process Why doesn't anyone focus on how to market a startup? Because it's hard, really hard, to successfully market a startup small business. In fact, it is so difficult that rarely, if ever, will you find a book dedicated to doing just that. Marketing rules change when marketing a startup small business. With an existing small business, it's easier to predict your marketing because you already know what has worked and what hasn't worked in the past. You have a history of your business and the types of marketing you've already done. Even if you tried something that hasn't worked, you have more insight than a startup small business that hasn't tried anything at all. Existing small businesses can use their historical marketing efforts to create a new and effective marketing strategy for their business. Oftentimes, the process of marketing an existing small business is already in motion. Not only does an existing small business have a history to learn from to help them market, but the existing small business doesn't have to worry about all the challenges associated with launching a startup either. It is easier for an existing small business to focus more on their marketing because many other aspects of their business are already dialed in. They have already worked out the process of the business. They aren't spending significant amounts of time just getting the ball rolling for every other aspect of their business. For an existing small business that is already in operation, there isn't a steep learning curve for the entrepreneur, which also means there are fewer chances for the entrepreneur to make mistakes. However, this isn't the case for the startup. Startup small businesses don't have a marketing history that they can use to see patterns and make educated decisions about their marketing plan. Many startup entrepreneurs have never actually started or owned a small business prior to going into business for themselves. This means that they may not have the necessary personal knowledge or expertise to draw from. It's a classic problem because, as the saying goes, they oftentimes don't know what they don't know. This leaves many startup entrepreneurs looking for marketing help. But what do they use to help them? They go to the experts. When a startup entrepreneur wants to start a business, he or she can go online, ask around, or read a book about marketing. Advice comes from experts ranging from professional business advisors, bankers, potential investors, CPAs, attorneys, or other business owners and mentors. But when you ask any of these small business consultants, advisors, or investors what they recommend for launching a small business, they will usually tell you to start with a business plan. Even if you read someone's book or blog or post, most will recommend creating a business plan. When you do an online search or watch a video series or purchase a business startup program, it's still going to recommend creating some form of a business plan if you're going to launch a startup small business. Now, I'm not going to disagree that you will definitely need a plan for your business. In fact, the most successful ventures ever started often had some form of a plan. Their founders were visionary men and women who took an idea, created a successful plan to help them accomplish amazing things, and became very successful, famous, and wealthy in the process. Planning is a necessary component to success. However, whereas I'm not going to disagree with the importance of having a plan, I am going to suggest that your typical business plan doesn't actually help the startup entrepreneur in planning or launching their business. It's not the plan or the idea of planning that is flawed. It's the way that startup entrepreneurs are advised to create a business plan. 
The common business plan simply does not work for startup entrepreneurs who need more direction and understanding of how to launch and grow their small business. I don't think that the leading professionals are trying to steer entrepreneurs astray as part of some elaborate conspiracy theory. On the contrary, I believe that nearly without exception, small business advisors want to see these new startups succeed. But somehow, along the way of helping entrepreneurs, these business consultants, advisors, and investors give entrepreneurs the wrong impression of what a business plan is and what it should be. Let's take a closer look to see what I mean. This is not a book on how to write a business plan for a small business, but if you don't start with a good foundation, you will never be able to successfully market your startup. It is important to understand that your business plan should include all aspects of your business, but one of the most important sections should be your section on marketing. It's your marketing strategy that will determine your sales projections, which really should be the starting point of all great business plans. It's your ability to sell products and services that will determine if your business is feasible or not. Regardless of how great your management team is or how much startup capital you can get or how amazing your storefront is, if you can't sell your products or services, you don't have a business that will last. So let's look at your business plan and the marketing section of that plan. The business plan. If you've recently set out to start a small business or have been involved in a startup, I guarantee that at some point someone told you to write a business plan. Maybe you went to a bank to get a loan or perhaps you spoke with a small business advisor or you might have had the opportunity to create a small business plan as part of a college course you took. Whatever the situation you found yourself in, I guarantee that someone told you that you needed a business plan. It's almost as if writing a business plan is a rite of passage into the world of small business ownership, and without it, you will be shunned by your fellow small business peers or doomed to instant failure. Everyone tells you that you need a business plan, but no one really explains why. Sure, there are endless examples and templates available to show you what a business plan might look like, but does this really help the small business entrepreneur? No, not really. Small business entrepreneurs either end up avoiding the whole planning process or try to create a plan that they really don't understand or not comprehending what to do with their plan once they have created it. For more than a decade, I've worked directly with hundreds of small businesses, and I can tell you that, one, most small businesses don't even have a business plan, and two, those that do have a plan rarely, if ever, use it. There is so much focus placed on having a plan in hand, yet little emphasis or instruction placed on how, or more importantly, why you need a small business plan. As stated previously, the typical business plan doesn't work for small businesses, and here's why. Business plans are usually written in order for investors to fund the business rather than creating a plan to help ensure the business's success. When you go to the bank, they ask for a business plan. Investors will do the same. But when a good investor looks at a business plan, whether it be a private investor or a bank looking to provide a loan, they will focus primarily on two sections of the business plan. They will look at the management team to see who is going to make this business a success because they understand that having the right people can make all the difference. They will also look at the financial statements of the business to make sure the business is correctly forecasted to make money and be able to repay the loan or provide a reasonable return to the investors. Rarely will they look at anything else in the business plan. 
The problem is, there is little to no emphasis placed on the marketing section of the business plan, when this section should be where the business outlines their sales strategy, which is the foundation of any great plan. Even though the marketing section should be the foundation of a great business plan, it almost never is. Instead, the focus goes toward the management and financial sections of the plan. But here's the real issue. Financials are derived from sales, meaning that all forecasted financials, from income to expenses to cash flow, all start with sales. If sales forecasts are off, the rest of the financial forecasts will be off as well. You can't have accurate financial forecasts in a business plan without first having an accurate sales forecast, and you can't have an accurate sales forecast without first having a detailed marketing strategy. It's the marketing efforts that are supposed to generate sales, so looking at forecasted financial statements without linking them directly to the marketing strategy is a flawed approach. But instead of being central to the business plan and financial forecasts, any formal marketing strategy or thought-out marketing plan typically ends up tucked away within its pages and doesn't actually serve the startup, small business, or is rarely even referenced when making marketing decisions. Investors and bankers typically don't have a marketing background, so they don't think to link marketing to the financials. Instead, they look only at the financial statements and use ratio analysis and historic financials to determine the feasibility of the business. But startup small businesses don't have any financial history to go off of, and as a result, bankers and investors don't like to deal with them. If you've ever wondered why you or someone you know who had a great business concept was denied for a loan for a startup business, one major factor is that the bank likely wasn't even looking at the startup business concept, but instead focusing on the historic financials, which don't exist if you're a startup. You understanding that bankers and investors won't really look at your marketing section won't change their behavior. If your goal is to get funded, you will still need to write your business plan to include items that meet their criteria. But if you want to know how to market your startup business successfully, you'll need to change your approach. Stop writing your business plan for someone else, especially someone who's only indirectly involved in your business. Instead, start writing your business plan for you and the success of your business. To do this, you need to know that successful startups don't start with a business plan. They start with a sales strategy, or in other words, they create a marketing plan. The Marketing Plan I review a lot of business plans, and I've seen just about anything and everything you can imagine when it comes to writing them. I've noticed that there are some common patterns when it comes to writing a business plan. The marketing section of a typical business plan follows some very common patterns that can be very misleading for the startup entrepreneur. They include information in their marketing strategy section that is unfeasible, distracting from what they should really be doing to market their business, or just words on a page that don't really mean much to the entrepreneur. In short, the startup entrepreneur ends up making several marketing mistakes when writing out their marketing strategy. The first and most common mistake I see entrepreneurs make in the marketing section of their business plan is to start listing all the different types of advertising options available. I can't tell you how many times I've read something like this in a business plan. To promote our small business, we will use social media, radio, newspaper, phone directories, flyers, and word of mouth, dot, dot, dot. 
I realize those are all marketing options, but that isn't anywhere close to a feasible plan. There isn't any strategy. It's just a list of options. And if a startup were to actually do all of these options at once, it would literally cost thousands of dollars. That's money that most startups don't have. I think small businesses get confused because they see the big boys doing it. Major corporations have massive marketing budgets and manage to have their message just about everywhere. But let's be real. The big boys aren't startups. Major corporations spend their marketing budgets establishing their brand or promoting a new product line. There is a big difference between launching a new product line and launching an entirely new startup small business. It's a lot easier to predict the demand for a new product when the business has a great reputation with a recognizable brand. Compared to predicting the demand for a new startup with no reputation, brand, or established cash flow to fall back on. There's nothing wrong with listing the different marketing mediums or advertising options available so long as there is an accompanying strategy of how you plan to utilize each option. For example, if I list that I plan to use local radio, newspaper, and distribute flyers, that could be a great approach if I've coordinated my efforts. I could use the radio spot to create chatter or buzz for a broad audience. If the newspaper has a specific subscription base, I would want to target my message to reach that base. And finally, I could use a flyer as a very targeted way to get detailed information directly in front of the people I want as customers. I'm not suggesting that this is how it has to be done, but this is a much better approach than simply stating, I plan to use radio, newspaper, and flyers. At least I have an idea of how I plan to use each marketing medium. Another mistake which is also common and perhaps more detrimental to a startup small business in writing their business plan is to include market research in their plan. Yes, you heard that correctly. Market research is often very detrimental to a small business, and I cringe when I see it included in a business plan. Why? Because bad or misleading research is worse than no research at all, and small businesses tend to gravitate toward bad market research. This gives them a false sense of hope or confidence that their idea or concept is better than it really is. Let me give you an example. A while back, the owners of a newly opened coffee shop came to me for help in driving traffic to their store. They had secured an $80,000 loan from a local bank and opened a small drive through coffee shop in a mid-sized rural city that was experiencing rapid population growth. After several months of poor sales, they couldn't understand what was going wrong. When they came to me, I asked to see the business plan they had used to secure the loan. When they gave the plan to me, I asked, have you been using your business plan to help you through the startup phase? They said, no, which is the answer I most often get. I asked why they thought a coffee shop would be a good business in this area. In response, they showed me their marketing section of their business plan and the market research they had on coffee shops that showed growth trends and lots of opportunity. This is nice, I said, but these are national trends. Can you show me anything about the local market? Unfortunately, they didn't have any research on the local market. You see, they assumed that because the national market research showed a positive trend, they could just open up a coffee shop anywhere and they would get similar results. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. To help illustrate this, let me give this analogy. Even though an ocean liner and a personal fishing boat might float in the same water, they don't ride the same waves. The same is true for small businesses. 
A small business might be in the same market area as a major corporate competitor, but the small business and major corporate competitor play by completely different rules. So the first point to consider is that market research that might be beneficial for a large company often doesn't apply to a small business, even in the same industry. Big data research is usually too big for a small business. They need market-specific and customer-specific information. Let's step back a minute and look at the $80,000 loan this entrepreneur was able to receive. Why were the banks willing to lend him the money when the research wasn't based on local market trends? As I stated previously, the truth is that very few bankers are trained in doing market research. They are usually quite good at analyzing the financial forecasts, and they tend to look for supporting documentation to justify the numbers. What ends up happening is that bad market research actually helps entrepreneurs get funding. Too many lenders and investors only look to see if an entrepreneur has done their research. They don't look to see if the research is accurate or valuable. In this case, as is common in many, the loan was based on the personal credit of the entrepreneur, not on the feasibility of the business plan. If the bank can see that the entrepreneur is personally able to repay the loan and has a well-organized business plan, the bank will be interested in making the loan work. I don't fault bankers or investors for trusting the market research given to them. After all, bad market research can be made to look like great market research. I call this the wow factor. It's amazing to see intelligent women and men look at pretty graphs and automatically assume that the data is correct and useful. Most humans are very visual and prefer looking at a visual representation of information as opposed to reading through boring text. This is fine. Graphs and charts are a wonderful way of sharing information, but it can also be misleading. People tend to look at visual graphs and even, without fully understanding it, make key decisions from a brief glance. If you doubt what I'm saying, just pay attention the next time someone shows a series of graphs at a meeting. Everyone will look like they are focused and understanding what the graphs represent, when in reality they are probably just admiring the pretty pictures or thinking about something else. But this wow factor effect encourages all of us to add impressive-looking graphs and figures, often well beyond what we actually need. Graphs can be one of the most misleading ways to disperse information because it is so easy to get a graph wrong. Few people actually have a firm understanding of how graphical information really works. We understand enough to get a quick sense of the information, but not enough to truly understand the full implications of the information. As a business owner, when you look at a graph, ask yourself, how does this graph help me grow my business? If you can't answer that one simple question with a clear, decisive answer, you shouldn't rely on that graph as part of your market research. If someone else provided the graph for you, ask them the same question. Don't be surprised if they aren't able to legitimately answer. And don't be fooled by an elaborate response that evades an actual answer. Remember, you want your market research to be clear and decisive so it helps you grow your business, not fancy and extravagant to impress others. Finally, when a small business has good information in the form of market research, use it. All too often, small businesses don't link their good market research to the plan they will use to launch or grow their small business. I've seen too many small business entrepreneurs rely strictly on their own business instincts, which sometimes are in line with the facts and sometimes they aren't. It takes practice and a bit of humility to rely more on good information than one's own understanding of business to make decisions. 
When an entrepreneur limits their business decisions to their own understanding, they are doomed to mediocrity at best. But even more likely than that, they will fail. It is impossible for anyone to have all the answers and have a perfect understanding of everything there is to know about their business. Smart entrepreneurs understand that they must have good market research and use it well to successfully grow their business. In the market research section of this book, we'll cover in detail how to get good information and make sure you have the right kind of market research for your startup business. At this point, your primary goal should be to make sure you eliminate bad market research from your planning process. This is done by asking yourself how you are going to specifically improve your marketing strategy by using the market research information you have. If you don't know, you likely have bad market research. If you do know, commit now to use the research to improve your startup small business throughout the entire startup process, not just at the beginning. Don't rely fully on your instincts, even though that is the easier option. We've talked about several potential issues with the planning process for your startup, namely the importance of getting good market research and creating a viable strategy. These issues are extremely common and prevalent among small business startups and, when addressed incorrectly or ignored, can cause several problems that lead toward failure in your startup's small business. However, if you're ready to create a feasible plan, have great market research to use in decision-making, and develop an effective plan of action to launch your small business, you'll also need to learn the marketing startup approach to develop a success formula that works. Let's dive in and market your startup in a way that works. <music>